0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and are not based on professional expertise or training. They do not reflect the opinions or views of any counseling or psychological professional organization. We're brothers and best friends. In the last 12 months, both of our marriages officially ended. We decided to talk about it in an open forum and accept our vulnerabilities together.
1: Know that this is hard. We'll talk about our experience and perspective on relationships, social norms, and our evolving lives that require constant adaption. We want to tell anyone listening that you are not alone in this.
0: This is our conversation about divorce. This episode is about how we experience birthdays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and other holidays while working through grief and loss after our divorces. First up, it's Chad's Story.
1: For me, the holidays have been a very difficult time since I was divorced. There's the usual togetherness of your loved ones, whether it be your family, your friends, and especially your spouse. When you get married, not only do you marry that individual, but you also marry into a second family. I spent so many years with my second family, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, a birthday, or any other holiday we may get together as a family. During these holidays, we would usually split time between the two families. Losing my wife was painful enough, but the holidays were also a reminder about me losing my second family. Since the divorce, things have been amicable between me and my ex-in-laws. They tell me I am still family to them, which does mean a lot. I haven't talked to them much, maybe a few times throughout this year. It is difficult for me being around them, because it's all too familiar. And I don't know how I want to handle that relationship moving forward. Christmas is the big one because this was always the holiday we celebrated together as two families, no matter what. I even proposed around Christmas time. Last Christmas was the first Christmas I spent divorced. I was very hesitant leading up to my own family's Christmas, which has always been celebrated on Christmas Eve. There was definitely a feeling of dread leading up to this day, and I was not looking forward to it at all. This was the first Christmas in almost 15 years that she wasn't next to me. All of the other surroundings were the same, the same location, the usual guests. The only thing different was that she wasn't there. There were always fond memories of the event itself, which consisted of opening presents for each other, talking about the gifts we got, watching Christmas movies, and spending late nights with our family. The memories were always wonderful, and going into that without my wife last year was very painful knowing I wasn't going to be able to share some of those experiences with her again. It is now a year later and this is my second Christmas post-divorce. I can say that I felt better going into this Christmas Eve party, but I was still a bit anxious. Nothing near what it was last year, but it was still there. It was more due to the memories of the past, what it used to be like and not just the weirdness of spending the first Christmas without her. At the same time, I'm reflecting on 2019 as a whole, which was the first full year of being divorced. I can say compared to last year, there were still challenges in dealing with the loss. But as I continue to grow and heal, the impact of dealing with the loss is minimal compared to a year ago. I know I've grown from where I was last year, which is mainly due to healing through time and having the support of friends and family. However, the pain is still there when reminded of the past. As for next year, I'm looking forward to what the new year brings my way while I'm continuing to grow and learn more about myself. Next up, it's Todd's story.
0: I often experience the grief of loss and change after my divorce. And this tends to overshadow what I've gained during the time that has passed since my separation. This is normal, but... I work to proactively think about the positive things that have happened since then. And I try to do that by practicing gratefulness for what I'm happy about. Before we separated, I would say that it was harder to go through holidays and birthdays during the year my ex and I were working on our marriage than after we divorced. At that time, we were trying to figure out if There was a way that we could work through our issues through couples therapy. This was a hard time due to the general frustration and apathy on how the marriage had started to dwindle. My unique situation had me wanting to spend more time with my immediate family and who I considered were in my support group. I tried really hard to put on a face at get-togethers. I also recall a specific event during our version of Friendsgiving This was the first year we were living in Denver, and after my ex told me that she had reservations about me and the marriage. And I don't want to take this time to shit all over my ex. It's just something that really stuck out to me. My ex prompted everyone at the large table to share what we're grateful for or what we're thankful for. She started and shared something I I don't remember exactly. And it was probably expressing her gratefulness for sharing Thanksgiving with everyone that was there. I shared something about being with friends that I otherwise wouldn't have if I wasn't in Denver. And then at least two couples shared how happy and thankful they were with their significant others. I remember feeling crushed. My ex and I were in a place where neither of us could say we were thankful for our marriage. For birthdays that year, I ultimately self-sabotaged and didn't want to give in to the self sitterness and considerations and distractions from the real issues at hand. I didn't feel fulfilled at the time of my birthday, so that attention didn't feel right also. I didn't have a desire to completely ignore all of the issues and pretend everything was okay for both of our birthdays, but you know, I tried, most likely very unsuccessfully. After my ex and I separated, I started seeing somebody regularly. At the time, I was ready to hit the market after the amount of work and self care that I applied while I was working on the marriage. This ended up having me work on myself quite a bit. I was ready to meet somebody with the qualities that I knew for a fact I was looking for. During Thanksgiving, my ex friends and I would have a large get together We would get there early, bring dishes, my buddy smoked a turkey, and we all had a really good time. But there was a shit ton of drinking. It's literally called drinksgiving. And at this time, I was working on my drinking habits, and this group of friends tended to surround events around drinking, and I noticed the pattern, and it just wasn't serving me well. All that said, I know that I didn't want to pursue heavy drinking, and I didn't want to run into my recently separated ex at the time. My new girlfriend was going to travel back home to her family, and I remember her briefly mentioning that her family would be happy to have me. That actually sounded nice to me. It was risky to consider, but I liked how it was something very new. My girlfriend is a super sweet and empathetic person, and I couldn't imagine her family being anything but that. And I was really looking for these types of connections. I asked her if she was serious, and she told me yes. I made sure her family was okay with it, and I bought a plane ticket. I was nervous, but the experience was very positive, and her family welcomed me. It helped me feel accepted in a place of belonging. It gave me the opportunity to experience the holiday in an incredibly positive light. I actually went back this year for Thanksgiving and felt closer to her family this time around after spending time with them throughout the year. For Christmas during that first year, I asked if my girlfriend would like to fly home with me to meet my family. Now, that had its own unique challenges of showing up to my family with a new woman in my life. But that ultimately resulted in my family accepting and learning more about her as well. My brother and I engaged in the same traditions as before, except we didn't have anywhere to go for that second half of the holidays. This was usually reserved for our respective spouses' families. Ultimately, it felt okay during the normal traditions, but it was different, and it was sad. The loss of your in-laws is fast and furious. It seems the relationships were ripped into non-existence overnight. I wasn't incredibly close with my in-laws, but we did experience life altering moments together and we worked to support each other as much as we could during those hard times. This helped us grow closer together as a family. Chet and I felt the loss of each other's divorces as well. We didn't have the relationship with our sister-in-laws anymore, yet they were gone this year. The divorces of my brother and I impacted our family, expectedly so. My parents lost their daughter-in-laws, and they grieved as well. They experienced loss and sadness for us, and I'm sure for our exes as well. As the events unfolded in my life, I didn't share details with my parents as it was happening. So during Christmas of last year, I went over to my parents by myself and laid everything on the table. I told them everything that had happened to my ex and I. I shared the related experiences that I've gone through and told them as much as I could about my new girlfriend. I wanted to give them a window into my life that I would have otherwise not have shared. I wanted to get closer with them but also show them how much I love and respect them. This process was really hard. I had to go through the narrative that I tell others, but in way more detail. I remember when Christmas day came, I was hit with an unexpected sadness. The kind of sadness where you only realize you're feeling down after a few hours and have to think about why you're sad. The grief was real, and I knew immediately that none of this was normal. That realization is painful, and it makes you feel the loss on a deeper level. The grief of loss doesn't mean you want something. It sometimes is just a realization that shit is different and it's hard to process. We celebrate the holidays in the same places we did when we were married, but there's a lot that's different. Family members have died, others have moved on, or couples have separated. Holidays and birthdays are a time that we gauge and compare what has changed. This year, the loss and change of everything for our family is very real. It's still hard, and I'm still trying to figure it all out. The holidays are harder for me, but during the Christmas time, I'm immensely grateful that my brother and I have each other, and Chad is the top dog in my support group. It makes these times worth it and bearable. Hi, I'm Todd. I'm Chad. So Chet and I are coming from a place where we initially didn't want the divorce, but we haven't been very good at making sure that all of what we talk about and have dealt with applies to both sides of the divorced or separated couples. So it doesn't matter if you're the one that's initiated or if you're the one that's receiving that part of the divorce or separation, but that grief and pain still applies. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Absolutely. Yeah. So with your story, um, you talked about like some challenges and dealing with the loss um, and kind of like you continued to grow this past year mm-hmm. and heal and the, the, the loss was different this time around for this year. Um, what are some specifics on the areas of your general well-being and feelings this year compared to last year? So what are the areas that you've grown or that you're grateful for with a divorce now in hindsight? So I think the biggest thing
1: was, um, last year was the very first year having experienced it. So it was, it was a brand new experience. It was an experience I never thought I had to plan for. Right. It was, um, it was strange. It was scary. It was just, I, not a feeling i ever expected to go through. Yeah, totally. Um so the biggest thing was when i talked about it's different this year than last year is maybe it's because i was used to it, mm-hmm. like it, i've already been through that. And on top of just the general well-being of i feel like i'm in a better place this year than i was last year, mainly be mainly due to time. I yeah, think totally for sure. Um, time talking to talking to you, talking to people about it, just mm-hmm. like going through it. Um, but I think it, I think it's just a result of time being the healer with it and just continuing to improve myself. Um, make my own space, make my own routines, right? Just being me. And instead of relying on being two, I'm relying on being one. Yeah. And I think just going through that has really helped a lot. And I think it made it a lot easier this year. um, Just, just because of all the baby steps that I've taken Mm -hmm. to become a better, not a better person, but kind of move on from it move on from the trauma.
0: And yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what it is. Well, I think you hit on two important aspects. Um, You first said that, You've already went through that first year. So you're familiarizing yourself with everything that you've dealt with. And so this is like the second time coming around. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's not new anymore. Um, You can reflect back on those times with a different perspective. But also the second thing is you sort of mentioned like the amount of self-care or putting yourself first, making sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think those are huge because it's like, you know, the idea is not to, go away or the run away from that grief. It's to like honor it. It's like when I think how you deal with it. Yeah. I think it's like, I remember we were talking, um, about just the Christmas stuff. And when you felt something and you made sure to sit with it for a little bit and kind of go through the feelings and then making sure that you're aware of it. I think that was, I think that's the right way to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's not that kind of way you, experience it it's going to be there Mm -hmm. so kind
1: of just sit there and handle it yeah right and accept it yeah you can't run away from it
0: no i mean it's always going to be there yeah but you know part of it is to make sure that you know when those feelings come you're not trying to push them out or suppress them Mm -hmm. but it's to you know remember what you went through what are some good things what are some bad things just being more aware of yourself self-aware essentially. And I think it having like,
1: cause you know, like as I mentioned in my story, like Christmas is togetherness. Everyone is Mm -hmm. together. You're one, right? You have memories, you have whatever you can associate with the holidays. It's all there. And when you're, um, when you split up, it's, there's, it's a huge difference. And I think it was a combination of dreading last year because it was both of our first, first time so it was maybe i was kind of worried about what everyone was going to feel because it was Mm -hmm. a big shock to a lot of people yeah so that that was a worry and i think it's this year was a uh, kind of been there been there done that scenario yeah we've we've already gone through the first one and now let's just move forward
0: yeah and for me the the feeling this year was different than last year but i still felt it I mean, I still felt the change, uh, especially just with overall loss. Like we lost our grandmother. That was big. Um, like you mentioned, and I, I mentioned it too, we we do things on Christmas Eve for our family and that group has changed. And it, so it's yeah. just a lot of change and a lot of loss. And so that's still very real. And that was definitely hard uh, to realize that. But at the same time, it's, You know i think that just from the work that i've done for the past two years just being more aware of those things and again not trying to suppress them but being more familiar with it also makes you feel things (laughs) quite a bit more Mm -hmm. so everything's like even more serious and hard to deal with but it's just being more present in the moment which is nice so it's like i was at a time last year where i don't think i was as present or aware of everything maybe well definitely aware of everything it was just everything was soon you know, everything shortly everything that took place in our lives especially with the divorce aspects of our relationships that was happening or or it just recently happened so it was really new and this year we've had a like a lot of time to think about it to process it and it still like has its aftershocks
1: exactly and I think that's what I go back to time being the healer in this aspect yeah to totally where we we've had more time to reflect and to feel and to how to learn how to cope with it maybe, Mm -hmm. or just
0: learn how to live with that behind you. Right. And also I, I think it's big to not push it away, not to suppress it, become familiar with it. I think it's huge as well. No, absolutely not. It's going to be there regardless. Yeah, totally. So, um, you mentioned that you've grown from where you were again. Um, and it's mostly healing through time. So here's kind of the same subject. So what do you do when you feel the pain and grief when you're reminded of the past? So like, how's that? How do you process that? Um, and more specifically when you're reminded of recent past that owns much of the events that led to your divorce.
1: So usually when let's say a memory or a reflection or whatever comes on, I usually like to just think it out. Why, why did it come in my head? Why did it, why is it processing? And I, I don't try to push it to the back. So I, I do want to feel it and go through that process. Um, I mean, there are times where I just I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with this right now. Right. Or other times where I'm like, okay, well let's, let's go through this. And then you feel, I mean, of course I feel sad. And then, you, you reflect on the, the happy things in the of the past and then you also think about um, well, okay turn the tables let's say this didn't happen where would you be now and you kind of look back and you see the negative things and whatnot and you so you, you kind of I feel like I get a better understanding if I think things out yeah if that makes any sense oh, yeah totally. But um, yeah. yeah sounds- so I I think it's it's best just to sit and feel it. Um, be a little sad for whatever how long it takes or mm-hmm. whatnot. But well, it sounds like
0: you try to process it. Yeah,
1: you want you want to sit with it and you figure I out. Mean, and some pop up and you reflect very fondly of that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice thing, and it always will be a nice thing. Yeah. And there are other things you think about, like the hindsight is twenty twenty thing. You kind of look back, and totally. of course you have those scenarios in your head to where, well, what if I would have done this differently? Or what if if I would have done that differently? Yeah. Right. Which that can go into a rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can go down on a a path
0: on that, that won't result in anything, but frustration. Right. I know for me, it like always, and I mentioned this before, it comes to, it's almost like a shock for me and I don't know where it's coming from. And so I have to sit down and figure out where it's coming from. And that usually takes a few days mm-hmm. to figure out what triggered it or to figure out why I'm feeling that way or how it came up. And so it, it takes some, uh, an insane amount of focus and the determination to want to know, like, okay, well, what's going on? And so it, it always hits me like uh, I'm just completely, um, sideswiped most of the time. Yeah. So what, what are your processes to go through it? Kind of the same thing. Um, yeah. I, I try to sit with it, um, figure out what happened um, maybe during the day or a recent event because something might spark that idea or memory and we'll try to figure out where it came from. Uh, if not, then I just try to focus on well, what's, the, what's the memory or what's the general feeling and just kind of figure out what that is. So I was putting a name to it essentially, because when it comes, it's when it hits you, it it feels confusing and you don't know really what's going on for me. And so I try to put the name to it and then I can be able to like accept it for what it is and it helps me understand it a little more.
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah.
0: And I don't know about you, but
1: I definitely go through a lot of the different emotions. Sometimes I'm happy and then other times Mm -hmm. I get angry at it.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's just how you manage it. Mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, trying to familiarize yourself, um, with those memories. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but I totally forgot. I mean, I think a year ago or however long ago, when it
1: was a little more fresh. I kind of was like, get, get, get this out of my head. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it.
0: I don't want to do anything. Just kind of, you want to hide from it. There's also some like reframing of thoughts that I have to remember. Like, if I feel like um, I- I'm in Denver, I live in Denver. We're actually in person right now in Texas, <laughs> which is if you hear tippy taps and stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's animals and stuff here. Um, but uh, I moved up to Denver with my ex and for a certain friend group. And now that that's all of that's completely changed. And so I questioned why I moved and what that is doing is it's focusing on what the losses and not what are some of the positive aspects that I knew I was going to move anyway and why I'm still there. So it's like your brain will focus on that negative and kind of uh, symbolize it. So it's like a black and white thinking, uh, and it will focus on those negative things rather than, you know, thinking about some of those other positive aspects that your brain's not just going to automatically think on. So that's some reframing of thoughts that's proactive. And so I have to say, well, I'm there because of, well, it's, it's a good economy. Um, it's good for my, uh, my career. So business is pretty huge up there. It's beautiful. Like I love hiking. So it's all these reasons why but what did my brain go to? It went straight to like all the loss. Why am I up here? Yeah, like you go yeah, go through all the negative things. So your brain will tend to go in a rabbit hole too. So sometimes the process for me too is to make sure that I'm thinking about it and not in the general idea of like, well, am I going into this way of thinking of black and white, or do I need to understand like the whole picture? So that takes time. That that, that that's a therapeutic type thing that I've worked with my counselor. How to catch it. And then what? How you should actually think about it. So it's another aspect. That's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Trying to just
1: set maybe goals on how you want—not goals, but
0: guidelines on how you want to deal with it. Yeah. Well, it, it's also you know, the hardest part is to catch it, because that—that means that it's already in your head. It's processing the loss, of the memory, or whatever, and then. When it takes me a, a second, maybe a minute, I don't know, to catch it because it's automatic, and so to catch it like takes practice. And it, it takes like that proactive work of trying to be aware of yourself. That's not easy because your brain is just going to like dysfunction, but what you, up, you just said that. proactive, and that's that's
1: essential mm-hmm. in dealing with it. I feel well, it's wow.
0: disrupting your natural way of thinking. Oh yeah, and so to disrupt it. That's part of that reframing process of saying, this is probably not that accurate, so let's look at everything and figure out how, what, what is really going on, but you know, that's not, you don't do that in like five seconds or a minute. That stuff for me takes like a few days, if not weeks to process, but it just depends.
1: It Yeah. Every, I think everything is different and mm-hmm. some are large,
0: some are small. Yeah. But. Still every, every moment like means as much. So it's like, it's not like this one means more and this one means less thought, whatever is coming into your head. Oh yeah. It's like everything should be handled with the same weight, but you know, the feelings are all over the place. It is a gray world. (laughs) Nothing is black and white. (laughs) Nothing at all. Everything is multifactored. It's not just one reason why, why you're, why you're thinking about something or the reason why something happened. It's always multifactored. So it's like, well, it could be this or it could be that it's not just one thing. I would say, like, rarely is it like this is what's going on. It's usually like, well, this happened at this point, which made me feel this way, and this, what happened two weeks ago, made me feel another way, and they feel the same. Uh, it, it's it can get insane. It's it's definitely a process. That's yeah, for sure. Totally. So you mentioned that uh, you're not sure how to you want to handle the relationship with your in-laws moving forward. Oh, so okay, yeah. If you did move forward with them do you think that would complicate your feelings and have a follow-up after that as well?
1: So, so that, I think that's what is in my, that's what I'm thinking about now. So again, we've, we've had like a 15 year relationship with not only your spouse, but with their family or this yes. I'm talking on my end.
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: I, we had a pretty good relationship. We all lived close by. We would all do things together. Um, And I've talked to them a couple of times throughout the year for random reasons, but in the the past, they've invited me over to come do things. I, I definitely don't feel like I can do that Yeah, because it's, it's just all too familiar. It's like, okay, what am I doing? And then why isn't she here? Yeah, it's kind of like you're back to being married, and she might be at work or whatever, and you're hanging out. So
0: It's very soon still still
1: after everything. Definitely a feeling I don't want to go through.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, But, you know, I think I don't have any ill regard toward them or anything like that. And I don't feel like, oh, I just need to completely shut these people out of my life forever. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it'll, it'll just eventually turn into something like, Hey, if we see each other in town, we'll say hi or in passing or whatnot, or, yeah. you know, if I run into them at lunch, I might sit down with them and talk to
0: them for a little while or something it's just, like that, which is kind of like a casual conversation. Exactly. It's like, it's not something you're pushing away and it's like in the acceptable boundaries of everything. That's what normal relationships are. It's like yeah. you see somebody talk to them for a bit. It seems very appropriate. And it's not like, oh, I see them and I just kind of tuck away and
1: yeah. dodge it. So I think that's what it is. And because they, we did have a, a pretty good relationship, and I know it's hard for them to Oh, yeah. Dealing with it, and I don't get to talk to them about it, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, every side of this had loss. Yeah, so many parties mm-hmm. are affected with this. Yeah. But I think that that's what it is, and it's something that... Yeah. And I think it it is definitely worth having some type of contact. I mean, I'm not talking about all the time, but again, just be a good human being about it and not trying to be best friends with them or anything.
0: No. Right. I think that that's where I was trying to get to is like, well, what are you kind of expecting? What would that look like? Yeah. So you just answered that. Um, that seems appropriate because if if you were trying to still have a relationship with them it's just that would that's a red flag for me because if i was dealing with that that means i'm still wanting to hold on to something that is not attainable anymore mhm and it will just i feel like it would further complicate feelings and all of that so oh absolutely and especially with
1: Uh, future relationships down the road like Like, hey here are my ex-in-laws yeah (laughs) yeah exactly we go over there for christmas
0: too it'll be challenging
1: yeah so it's it's definitely it's it's one of those things where i feel like it's a um it's a it's a uh it's a let's say a casualty of war or whatever (laughs) yeah totally um you hate that it happened, but it, this is what it is, and mm-hmm. just how do you how, again? How do you want to move forward with it? Yeah, and I think, yeah, so I think that I'm sorry, I'm trying to go through. Oh, you're good thought process in my head, but yeah, I i, I feel like
0: a casual acquaintance would mm-hmm. be fine. I even think that if you did see the mountain public and you know, you're like, I don't want to deal with this right now, it's totally fine to just kind of sneak out <laughs> that, that I've, that would I've seem done that appropriate. Once. yeah <laughs> see there you go yeah so. I think that's appropriate too it's like you don't have to like I just go can't do this right now yeah yeah there's not like a need to say I have to do this it's just make sure you're paying attention to yourself mm-hmm. and how I feel about it so here's here's the second part of that question okay how do you think that would affect your existing relationship with your ex if you did kind of have a. a not necessarily like a passerby type relationship, but maybe like a little bit more involved. Let's say I was hanging out at their place all the time. Not all the time, but maybe like have dinner with them once or something, you know, I think, I don't think it
1: would be a huge issue, but, um, it'd probably be like, Hey, I'm, I'm their daughter. Yeah, You're totally. Not son.
0: Yeah. I would almost probably give her an avenue to reach out mm-hmm. or try to figure out what's going on. And I feel like that might complicate. Well, I think it goes village. into that. It's all too familiar. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you you might. I feel like I might go back. I backtrack and feel mm-hmm. like I need to reach out to her. Mm -hmm. Because I was
0: around family and all that, the the nostalgia aspect of it, I feel. Meeting that immediate need rather than thinking about what's that going to do for me. Yeah. Like in a month or whatever was probably not going to serve you well. More than likely not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, my last question for you So, what does it feel like? If you think about being with somebody new, so someone that matches your values and love language and experiencing all of the holidays together with our side of the family and then with theirs. So what does it feel like, you know, thinking about being in a a future situation and then creating your new tradition together during the holidays? I mean, I, I, I welcome it. I look forward to it. I'm not.
1: I liked that aspect of being married. I liked having that second family. I liked doing things with my second family. I enjoyed that. So yeah, I, I welcome it with open arms and yeah, it would be, I think the first time will be nerve wracking going into meeting a whole new, I mean, just like that's just meeting somebody new. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-marriage when you were dating around Mm -hmm. and you introduced people to your parents and vice versa.
0: It was, it was nervous. I mean, I was nervous. Yeah, of course. But don't you think that like, do you get good, like warm feelings to think about that? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Cause that's like the new aspect of life that will bring, you know, the new element of joy, um, kind of moving into that other part of your life that you're building up right now. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an, a really big positive piece to moving on really. And growing well, yeah, into I'm, yourself more.
1: Yeah. Building myself up, realizing who I am. Yeah. And using that, the work I've put into myself to further on a, a future relationship and a future family and yeah. whatnot. Cause I'm not, yeah, I'm totally not opposed to,
0: to that at all. And it's like another way of thinking about this is, like, you're a teenager, late teens, 20 years old, when you went into your relationship. Dear Lord, I mean, you don't know who you are like, <laughs> yeah, when you're exactly. that young. Yeah. Now you're mid-30s, and you have a better idea, like a way better idea of who you are. And then with, with the divorce and the release and experiences that we both gone went through, um, it forces you to do that even deeper. And so that's another thing. It's like, now you definitely know who you are more what Mm -hmm. you need more who you're looking for actually in in a companion and try to meet your needs i think that's a that's one of the positives of this whole experience oh definitely
1: yeah i I, I think that's part of the self-help that you need to go through and to 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 learn myself better than i improving the knowledge of myself greater than what it was a year ago two years ago five years ago same here and yeah. just the self-improvement that's necessary and mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's what the maturity aspect of it too and again like when we were young we, we didn't have the le- level of maturity that we do now same thing will be in 10 years from now but that's a huge thing too is to be able to look at everything from a different perspective oh yeah it's Are probably you, serving yourself better than you did before and you grow but
1: we also have the divorce to Kind of throw up maybe red flags or yeah it you learn from the experience whether it was a good experience or a bad experience. you, d- you do need to learn from it. yes and yeah, so I think you you take those aspects and you move those to a, a future relationship with whoever your new friends, a uh, new significant other or whatever in any relationship yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, so I was going over your story. I, one thing you mentioned about your birthday, you say you self
0: sabotaged yeah. your birthday. Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I also mentioned in the story that, um, I was with a f- bunch of friends who we drank a lot, so alcohol was a, a big factor in my life at the time. Well, the self-sabotaging aspect was. The day before my wife's birthday, my buddy and I stayed up kind of all night, didn't make sure I went to bed early and I wasn't in the good space to have good sleep, wake up at a time, you know, have lunch with her. I just didn't want to do that stuff. Yeah. And I think that was a subconscious self-sabotaging moment. So that was, was that post having the conversation yes. that where it was inev- inevitable that you guys were going to split up? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, we didn't know it was inevitable until that kind of last moment. But at that point, just knowing the general apathy of how it was going, and then, you know, uh, it was just like, I'm still not priority. It's going to be, she's going to be priority for the whole month because she was a birthday. She liked to celebrate birthdays quite a bit. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not priority in this. Mm -hmm. I have to do something for this person who feels this way for me. And it was just like a general um, apathy towards the whole thing. I just didn't want to deal with it. And it was just, it, you know, shot me in the foot. Of course. Yeah, well, but at the same time, well, you know, there there are very, very real reasons of why I felt that way. That makes sense. I mean, deep down, you just, you, yeah, you,
1: it wasn't a priority to you mm-hmm. and you didn't want to do it. So yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, having fun and partying the night before
0: sounds like a better idea than, Right. And probably, you know, uh, drinking to push back some of those feelings that I was dealing with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In general, but more specifically to trying to celebrate her birthday and focusing on her rather than making sure, you know, we're taking care of our stuff. um, Drinking to ignore those aspects. So I was like, you know, it wasn't something that I'm like, I'm going to do this because of this. That's not how I work. It was definitely something that happened just kind of by chance in the opportunity came and, you know, I, I didn't make sure I wanted to like honor her birthday hundred percent. Cause I'm just like, I'm, this sucks. My, my marriage sucks. So, so. yeah. Where you kind of like just fuck this birthday. I am really just detached. I'm it, not interested. Yeah. Which I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't, um, detached. It was more so fuck this birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was definitely like in it trying to work on it. Uh, but I felt like there's a lot of aspects of it that was ignored. Um, I would be the one that child would, would try to refocus in. Hey, let's, let's get on a date let's work on this. And then she would do some of that too. But I felt like I was more on that proactive end of that. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Again, ignoring that more, like shut it off for a day. Again, put on, putting on a face was a regular thing that we did. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I mean, um, we
1: did that too do what we did that too. put on oh, yes. a yeah, yeah, totally. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yep. So this, this is more of a statement than a question you talked about how each of us essentially lost our sister-in-law. Yeah. Right. So I feel like you and I both had a pretty good relationship with each other's mm-hmm. our ex wives. And we, I mean, I considered, you're as a friend and we always totally. I always enjoyed talking and hanging out and mm-hmm. doing that. So yeah, so not only were we both dealing with the loss of our wives, we were also dealing with the loss of our sisters, essentially. Exactly. At the same time. Yeah, at the same time. And that was that was so I think adding that on top of everything else was
0: it was <laughs> It was a lot. Well, we probably had to ignore that aspect of it because we were in def- yeah. in a survival mode. Like that's probably something I haven't processed all the way through. I don't we think dealing- I have either. We were dealing with our own loss, mm-hmm. and that is another another layer for sure. And so that
1: you brought that up in your story, and I knew I always felt it, but then reading it and hearing it out loud, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, that's right. Man, I didn't even think You're about like, Shit. that side of it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I thought about that side of it, but I've been dealing with my mm-hmm. loss of my wife. And then you, you think like, oh, well, well, damn, I lost a friend too on the other yeah. side.
0: Well, it, you know, it's not, not just a friend, it's a family member. Yeah, exactly. It was a close family member that we considered friends.
1: And we were both, they were both friends before marriage mm-hmm. and we all knew each other and... Yeah, so that that's very difficult. The long term aspect of it too. It's not like she was just around for a year or two on both sides. Exactly. It was, got we both witnessed the growth and all of our lives
0: together and Yeah. I mean went through you, good times and bad times. And, your whole marriage I was around. Yeah. And I was a part of that relationship as well. Like mm-hmm. that it was a long friendship, a long family member that I always considered as family. And that's yeah, that's difficult.
1: So that's yeah. Let's that's just another layer to to consider and to work on. So you asked me how I feel about going into a new relationship and meeting the family and being a part of that. You went through that last year. Yes, you went through that very early on. Yeah, in 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 regards to the divorce process. Mm-hmm. So can you tap in a little bit as to what was going on in your head when essentially you went from here Mm -hmm. to here? Yeah. New girlfriend, brand new family Mm -hmm. like that. And so you met during pivotal points in the holidays Mm -hmm. on both sides. You met her family for Thanksgiving. She met our family for Christmas yeah. So like what was going through your head through that? Like meeting meeting a new family post divorce mm-hmm. and going through those motions and if you can talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I first went to speak about how it was like like that, like immediate right after, and what it really felt like. It felt like that um it was a lot longer because when you look at the storyline of that year of the divorce or when my ex and I were working on our marriage, it seems like there's a significant cutoff and then like it, that's when it started. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it started a year before that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and, yeah, I, I didn't,
1: and that kind of came off the wrong way. Oh no, I just want to yeah. say
0: that it's hard for people to understand that dinner generally because on the surface level, that's what it seems like is that it happened just kind of directly after. But, you know, people don't tend to think deeply or to try to figure out what really happened because it takes another level of, of like digging in and that's hard. And, you know, this is already a weird subject anyway. So when you look at it deeper, it's very different. And I just wanted to explain that because, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to like just kick it into another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that would not be good. Yeah. Uh, but I think I did mention in there as well, like because of the self-care and the work that I was working on just for the marriage. And I was working on myself in addition to that, probably more so than in everything. And there was a lot of work. And so when this opportunity came and I, I think I said this too, that it was risky and it was risky. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. And I, and I met my girlfriend and you know, we started dating and they just like mentioned that, you know, I could join and I made sure that I would be able to, but The first thing was I wanted to change that existing tradition, which was the drinks giving. I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just get drunk. I didn't want to go in the same holiday tradition I did the previous year. And then some before that as well. And I wanted more of that kind of a nice family tradition and meet the people that who made this girlfriend because (laughs) she has such great qualities. And talked about that like it's a it's a family that's a lot of love. It felt nice, and when they mentioned that, I'm like, man, this is risky, but I'm going to get into it, and it seems good. Uh, they seem okay with it, and it was it was definitely a I- betted on it. And this one, it turned out well. I was I, nervous. Yeah,
1: I would say it was risky, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I'm also glad. That you were able to get out mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and not and not go through those motions, I think you would have been miserable.
0: Yeah, if you would have stayed stayed in Denver for that. And I mentioned that the previous Thanksgiving there were some moments of my ex that I was just like, I don't mm-hmm. I didn't want to re.
1: Oh yeah. it would have been those. just it would have been that yeah all over again because exactly. it would have it was at the same location as uh, it was yeah. the previous year. It
0: actually would be it in my house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you couldn't get away from it. No. Um, like all signs pointed to I needed to do something different. And this opportunity came, um, I went and I was definitely nervous. Of course. Um, Thanksgiving is one of the most stressful holidays for families. So I experienced that straight up mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just part of it. Um, I've dealt with, you know, a few different families from past relationships. So I kind of know how that works, but you know, just to learn everyone's different nuances in the way that they deal with things. That's just part of it. And they were really good. And like, it's a very unique family and I'm like very lucky that I had that experience. So I'm obviously grateful for it. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's just like, I'm meeting like this new family and this was like my previous experience with my, my ex and their family and Thanksgiving and kind of comparing that that happened again this year in my brain, like looking at, I'm meeting this new family, becoming part of this like new life. Yeah. And then also remembering what it was before, And it's just weird. It's kind of shocking because it's just like, I'm used to this and this is going to be the new way. And that was experiencing some of the grief and loss again was remembering what I, what I had and what I, what's different. It's not like what I, what I lost. It was really mostly about like why this is different. And that I think is coming from grief as well.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Because Well, and it's, it's new. Mm -hmm. It's a new feeling. It's a new experience for everybody involved. Yeah.
0: And yeah, so I can see that. Because I don't want to shut off those past experiences. That's not the idea here. I'm not trying to repress those areas of my life or to erase. Um, You know, ultimately I want to honor those and respect them and think about those good times with fondness. Just now it's still soon. It's still fresh, but like you said, time has done a lot. And in hindsight, things look different And I I think that for my experience, um, I've been pretty lucky.
1: Absolutely. I think so too. And it was, it was
0: really good on them to, to very,
1: I'm very grateful to welcome you into their home. They welcomed me because again, it was, you, you had to look at the surface level of it. Mm -hmm. It it was soon. It was fresh. It was, Mm -hmm. I mean, all that. And
0: that's pretty, that's, that's very generous that, yeah, well, to be like hey let's meet this guy. Yeah, I mean it's not risky for me. It's risky for my girlfriend. It's risky for the family too. Mhm. Like those are really big steps for them as well. It's a huge deal. Mhm. But of course, I come first. I need to make sure I'm good. Yeah. But it's nice to be aware of like like are you sure this is okay because this is a big step for everybody. And
1: I do I'm pretty confident that you had that conversation just to make sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> everything is
0: okay. Yeah. I was like are you sure this is cool? Yeah. She's like, yeah, they'd love it. Um, Of course, you know, that's what they say. (laughs) And they had a hotel room booked on the, (laughs) as a, yeah, a worst case scenario. Right, exactly. Um, Please subscribe and download Brothers Divorce wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do enjoy this, please review it and let us know what you think. If you're in a crisis and need intervention and support, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273-8255 If someone you know is in crisis, please reach out to them and help them If you're feeling like you need professional help visit psychologytoday.com and search for therapists near your zip code It's right there on their homepage Brothers Divorce is produced by Chad and Todd Colston with Beast LLC Music is by Todd Colston